Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches in PR and marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Today's guest is Jenny Returne, founder of natural skincare brand Willowberry, and we are going to be talking about all things startup and growing your business. Thanks very much for joining me today, Jenny. Thank you for having me. Now, you've just launched in anthropology, which is fantastic news, and congratulations on that. We're going to talk about how that came about, but what I'd like to understand first is you've got a long background, a big history, big background in beauty and and skincare. Tell us a little bit about before you started the brand. Sure. So I've worked in beauty for about 20 years now. I got a degree in fashion, marketing, PR and journalism. And from there, I left and became a beauty journalist. And I started at a trade uh, beauty magazine called Pure Beauty. So it was very business side and it, it fed into my business geek side. And by the ripe old age of 23, I was made editor of the magazine. So that was an amazing experience, not just from being so immersed in the business side of beauty and constantly speaking to brand owners and marketing managers, you know, everything from small brands to, you know, people at the top of L'Oreal and Lauder and that kind of thing. But also the publisher that I worked for, they were a small company. And so I was fully immersed in all sides of the business. You know, we mucked into everything. I, I did a big sales side of the business as as well as being editor and I managed a team there. So it was fantastic experience at learning how to run a business and experiencing all aspects of that. And my boss gave me a lot of trust and, you know, let me hit the ground running with things I wanted to do to help grow the business. And so yeah, that was just really invaluable learning. And then eventually we sold the magazine. I assisted in the sale of that magazine. So again, that was um, really invaluable learning of how that process works. And once we sold the magazine, I left. And then as good timing would have it, my then boyfriend, who was now my husband, his work relocated from London to Cheltenham. So we were offered a relocation package for six months. So we were footloose and fancy free back then. I think I was about 28 years old. So we were like, yeah, we'll go to Cheltenham for six months and then come home. But we never did. We, we're still in Cheltenham. We love it here. I'm 41 now. So we, we've been here you know, a fair while now. And then once I moved here, I accidentally ended up starting a beauty marketing consultancy. I had one little job come to me from the first company I ever did work experience for, funnily enough, back when I was 18. And it was a PR company. And uh, they wanted me to do some copywriting work for Boots, Boots Smooth Skin product. So from there, I just kind of thought, hmm, you know, I've got a lot of contact in beauty. So that one tiny £120 job, I then started this marketing consultancy, helping uh, small to medium beauty brands to grow. And I, I did kind of all, all sides of copywriting, but also I got involved in the blog world in 2010. Again, accidentally got involved in that just as it was all starting. So I was sending my clients products out to 
bloggers like Caroline Hirons and Zoella and A Model Recommends and Tanya Burr and all these ones that then became massive. And we were all starting it together at the same time in this very, you know, authentic world that was was blogging in 2010. You started Willowberry in 2017. So you continued on that marketing, that beauty and marketing consultancy role. And how did the idea for Willowberry come about? Well, during that time of running the consultancy, I ran that for seven years and I really enjoyed it. And I remember sitting in a session, a consultancy session with uh, one of the brands I was working with. And I was helping them, you know, to be able, they had lovely products and just, you know, they wanted to be able to know how to let the world know about it. And as I was giving them consultancy advice, I just sat and thought, I really should be doing this for myself. I'd long harbored an ambition to have my own beauty brand, having been fully immersed, you know, in brand owners at the magazine. And yeah, it was in that moment that I thought I really should be doing this for myself. You know, I know what I'm talking about. And so I kind of came away from that and just got on with it. And that was what was to become Willowberry. So I thought the process would take about six months. It took three and a half years. I had a baby in the middle of it just just for a laugh to make it extra <laughs> challenging. And what do you think? Because you would have been surrounded by brands that you would have seen start small and then progress reach great turnovers like what do you think it was that had stopped you before from taking that leap I didn't want to just start something for the sake of it there are so many beauty brands out there that I didn't want to just kind of you know just be another beauty brand but the two main things that I wanted Willowberry to stand for was having genuinely really good high performing natural skincare products so I just think you know I, I had tried hundreds of beauty products during my time as an editor because we got sent so many products and so and some were great and some were you know many were <laughs> average. So I wanted to make sure that the products worked really, really well. And then the other side of it was anti-aging was such a huge sector of the beauty industry. And I didn't like that we were essentially, or not me, but the anti-aging industry is essentially telling women to reverse the very natural signs of time on their faces. And by the way, that's impossible with a pot of cream. Um, So ultimately you're selling open a jar and you're selling disappointment. So against the tide of anti-aging, our values at Willowberry age without apology. And it's about getting your best skin, uh, not impossible skin, so that you're helping women to feel good when you're selling them skincare rather than telling them they've got a problem with their skin and then selling them a supposed solution to help them with that problem. And so you started, you had your baby and you started and the evolution of the brand took the three years. I know because sometimes you kind of think, oh, I can get this done, but it takes a lot of time, doesn't it? Especially particularly skincare with testing yeah. and formulations and all of that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, so my daughter was two when I launched Willowberry. And yeah, the, pro- the whole process just took so much longer than I thought. But I just had a really long to-do list, really long of literally everything that needed to be done from getting products formulated to creating a website to designing the products and coming up with a brand name and all of these things. And that list got slowly smaller and smaller. Um, at the beginning of the process, I had gone on a course to learn natural skincare formulation and skincare legislation because there's a lot of legislation around selling skincare. You can't just put something in a pot and then put it out there. You know, there's a whole load of testing and safety tests and all these things that you've got to do. So yeah, um, eventually in 2017, we launched to the big wide world. 
And how did you decide on that first? What did you launch with? And how did you decide that they were the products that you're going to launch with? So I launched with three products and it was like a three-step skincare regime. So it was an easy three-step care, uh, three skincare regime of cleansing balm, face oil, and day cream. And each product could be used by themselves or it could be used as a simple regime. And the reason for that was I had worked with clients before who just had one product and there's only so much you can say about one product, you know, and then you kind of run out of the different ways to say it. And also when people buy into your brand, you want them, you know, they they want to explore other products if they like what they bought okay what else can I buy from you so if you've only got one product then that makes it very difficult so but then I didn't want to have a massive range which would cost an awful lot to launch with so yeah we started with the three products and went from there was it manufactured in the UK and you were able to keep the quantities down or was it made elsewhere like what kind of that that startup volume of of stock because I think some people make the mistake and go overboard with what they're buying first of all were you able to keep it quite tight or what was your kind of first initial investment in in stock and quantity yeah so with the cleansing balm and the face oil I actually formulated both of those myself and at the beginning I was making them from my kitchen table so I could make as many or as little as I needed um, obviously I didn't need hundreds and hundreds so you know it's, it's not like I was sitting there surrounded by it but with the day cream that's a lot harder product to formulate I tried for ages it would fail in challenge testing or that kind of thing it's just so much more difficult to make a cream-based product because it has water involved so then you need emulsifiers and stabilizers and active ingredients and preservatives and it all becomes a lot more complex so I eventually source a cosmetic chemist to help me with that or uh, you know to do it for me along with my brief and then I found a manufacturer who um, could make that in small quantities which is really, really hard in the beauty space to find someone who, who does do small quantities. And it's actually really hard to even get someone to answer your calls or your emails because as an unlaunched brand, manufacturers just aren't interested in speaking to you. And how do you think you got them to answer your calls? I just went through so many. And then actually the one I first found, who I didn't end up staying with, but it helped me launch, so I'm grateful for that, was through a trade show. So one of these kind of natural product trade shows, it's a great place to be able to find manufacturers and then you're face to face. And so then, you know, you're able to have a conversation and they can see that you're serious and yeah, go from there. And I think I suppose your background though, in terms of your background in beauty, your background in the marketing, you're, that's a way you can sell yourself as well. So they know that you're not, that you're serious about it and you have a knowledge behind it as well and that you've done your courses and, and the formulations so you know what you're talking about. Because I think some people give, do themselves a disservice by not saying that they're not selling themselves when they are approaching manufacturers as well. You know, they're not saying like, this is this is my plans for the brand. This is who I am. This is my history. You know, they kind of straight away might be just going, what's your quantity? And supply <laughs> or have it, you know, and the manufacturer is like, just like, who's this person? Why? What are they emailing about? Hang on, I need to deal with this quant- this order for boots, you know, other or whatever it might be. Yeah, um, and that's yeah. So I do think getting that face to face is great. If you're if you're not getting to people through emails or phone calls, then yeah, face to face, you you can tell your story a little bit more. And what was the growth like? How did your launch go? What was that? You know, what was that initial kind of first? 12 to 18 months like? 
Um, it was slow and steady. So I look back and I think that could have been very, very quiet. I'm glad I kind of went into it almost naively because it really is, a, you know, an almighty market to be involved in. And what really helped from the outset was very early on, Willowbury got picked up by celebrity uh, makeup artists. Um, and that really helped for when, when you're an unknown brand and you're online only, so people can't try the products on their hands or whatever, then uh, someone, you know, uh, the very first makeup artist that featured us was um, Caroline Barnes. And for someone credible like her to say, here's Willowberry, I love this product, I'm using it on my clients, that gives a lot of kudos and credibility and trust in the brand. And so then people were like, oh, right, okay, then I'll give it a go. And then from there, I would then reach out to other top makeup artists and say, I've got this product, other makeup artists like it, would you like to try it too? And it was a very organic and authentic outreach. You know, it wasn't done with, I'm sending you this product, I expect you to feature me. It's just, here's a product, try it. If you like it, perhaps you'd like to tell other people about it. And so we got picked up by loads of uh, makeup artists in the end. And that really helped to drive the success in the early days. And how were you using social media much then as well? Yeah, so I'm talking about 2017 still at this time frame, or is this, well, a little bit later on, I suppose, 2019, then if we're talking 12 to 18 months. Yeah, so 2017, 2018, I was using social media, I was using um, Instagram, it was all very new to me. So, I mean, I wasn't even on Facebook before I launched Willowberry. I'd come off of it years ago. So I um, I went back into the world of social media for the sake of Willowberry. And that was back when Instagram was still really kind of raw and authentic. And um, yeah, that was amazing. We had lots of um, influencers feature us and that would directly lead to sales. Um, you know, back then you, you'd have someone feature you, you'd see it pop up on your feed. And then the next thing you're getting the ching of your sales app where sales immediately start coming through. So um, yeah, social media was really important for us. And not just uh, with influencers letting people know we existed, but also for us to be able to tell brand story and our brand values in a very authentic way and build that relationship and community with people. Whereas if you're just at your website and not on social media, then that's harder to do. So um, yeah, it was a great platform to be able to do that. Are you ready to scale your e-commerce store? Want to do it without having to wear yet another hat and become a digital marketing expert? This episode is brought to you by Neon Digital Clicks, the paid traffic partner for family and women's e-commerce brands wanting to scale their stores from five-figure to six-figure months using Meta, Google and Klaviyo marketing services. Neon is offering listeners a free scaling audit worth £3,000. So whether your sales have plateaued or you're looking for growth, this is a great opportunity to lift the lid on your business and identify where the opportunities are hiding. Head to scalingglow.com to discover just how much revenue you could scale your store to this year. So the growth has been fairly steady, you know, quite organic. What have been then for you, your kind of is there anything other that beginning when you were featured by the celebrity makeup artist that helped kind of launch you, I suppose? What then have been the other triggers or the other stepping stones that you've been able to then reach the next level and the next level? So I would reach out to journalists. I did my own PR at the beginning 
And uh, one thing I would do, I was I would go to events, so like Stylist Live or um, the Telegraph. You know, they have they all have their own events, and where cool people were speaking, like you know the journalists from these magazines or um, celebrities. And I would go to these events and go up to these people afterwards, so the journalists or the celebrities, and I'd have product with me, and I would just say, you know, I'm Jenny from. Willowbury Skincare, this is my own brand. Can I give you some product to try? And and they'd always be really interested and they'd ask a bit about it and they'd take the product away to try. So it was a great way of getting product into journalists' hands and celebrities' hands. Um, and for them to put a face to a name and think, okay, yeah, I'll try that rather than it just being another product that lands on their desk. So I got some great coverage from that. You know, I got a really nice piece in the Telegraph magazine. Um, and we had a lovely piece um, in Glamour. Had loads of coverage over the years now in Vogue and The Independent and This Morning. So that PR coverage really, really helped. And again, it gives that kudos and, and credibility and trust. So it's not just that. PR coverage in that one moment in time but then you know you can promote it on your website and your social media and people are like oh it was featured in that okay then yeah I'll, I'll give it a go yeah and like you say like you said that when people can't if you're a d2c brand and people can't I know that you're you're in in stores now and with anthropology and stuff but it's that extra bit of trust isn't it and that awareness that it might take them a little bit of while to come around to it but once they keep seeing you and you know, when either you're targeting on them on email or they're following you on social media, it just helps to to build that trust. And how did, um, what about the wholesale side of things? So talk to me a little bit about your journey with wholesale. So uh, it was always very important to me to be predominantly a D2C brand. I liked that I had a direct relationship with my customers. I liked that I knew who my customer was and I could, you know, see the customers, if they're return customers or new customers, and obviously the margin is higher when it's D2C. Um, and that's always worked really well for us um, because of all those channels that I was talking about that we tapped into. So we got stopped in a few small boutiques. Uh, they approached us rather than uh, me approaching them. And I, I say yes for the ones that feel right. So I think it's important to keep your product stocked in stores that kind of reflect your values and your quality and, and your brand uh, rather than just saying yes to anything. And I've had in the past, you know, I've had some big websites approach me and um, shopping channels and I'd look into them and just, you know, I wasn't afraid to say no if something didn't feel right for the brand because I just think you have to really protect your brand identity and how it feels to other people. And then with anthropology, that ha- that's literally just happened. A year ago, literally probably to the month, I got a DM from the buyer at anthropology just saying, I've come across your brand and I'm really interested. And I wasn't sure if I believed it or not. So I looked her up on Instagram. <laughs> She actually was the buyer. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I absolutely love. And so you hadn't reached out to them at the beginning. It wasn't, was it on your list in terms of who you'd like to be stocked in? Yeah. I mean, I love anthropology. I think um, it's such a perfect fit. And what I love is since we've announced the partnership, so many people have said that is just such the perfect fit. And I love that. You know, I think it's such a wonderful store of discovery and beautiful merchandise. And yeah, I just, I just couldn't believe that she'd reached out. Um, 
And that whole process then took a year. You know, we've literally just launched now. But as part of that, they asked to feature us in their beauty advent calendar for 2023, which was absolutely immense again. I was like, oh my God, you know, there's like 24 products in there. And, and one of those is, is Willowberry. So that in itself is brilliant for discovery and people trying the brand. And again, that, that kudos and credibility. So yeah, that was amazing. And she, the buyer said to me that she discovered Willowberry through one of our little independent stores that we're stopped in. She had just been browsing one weekend, come across Willowberry and just thought it was absolutely perfect for anthropology and, and their customers. So it just goes to show that, you know, all these, not just to aim for the big things, but the little things yeah. lead to big things. Absolutely. And also it does take a long time. You know, like you said, it took a year to for that to happen and to not lose because that must have been quite frustrating as well. But there was a lot of back and forth, was there? Yeah, the whole process just took time, but that was okay because you know, I wasn't I wasn't in any rush and and it's a great learning curve for me. You know, it's our first key retailer that we're working with, and it's important to me to do that well. So I think it was good that, you know, it took that time rather than me kind of having to suddenly, you know, rush through things and and get things wrong. And now that we've launched with them, it's important to me to create an ongoing partnership with them so that, you know, we can build upon that relationship. We are currently stocked in their flagship stores in Regent Street and Kings Road in London and in Bath and um, online on their website. Um, So my goal is to ultimately be stocked in all of their stores across the UK. They've got 18. And so that comes from building a partnership with them rather than just having your products put on their shelves and then uh, being left to it. Yeah, forgotten about. And so will you be doing much kind of I mean, I don't know whether you can share this, but in terms of in-store events or in-store talks, or is it that kind of thing, like you say, to build that relationship and the partnership? Are there there certain things that you can do to help that? Yeah, absolutely. And so the first thing that we're going to be doing is in-store product demonstrations. So I'll be going into a store and spending an afternoon there and demonstrating it to customers. And yeah, so things like that of bringing the brand to life, that storytelling and, you know, uh, founder-led opportunities, I just think is invaluable. And then to a very targeted customer like the anthropology customer. And is there much of, is there a possibility of a gateway then to the States with anthropology in the States? Possibly, yeah. Uh, because they've got all, all their US stores. And funnily enough, I explored the US a few years ago. I, I went out there, went out to New York, did a, a research trip, researched all the different kinds of beauty stores out there because they've got, you know, they do a lot of kind of independent beauty stores in a way that we don't do in England. And it was amazing. That was March 2020. <laughs> so oh, the last <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that you just say March 2020 and everyone knows what you're talking about. Yeah. So the, the day I flew, uh, the, when I flew out, there was just these murmurings about, you know, this virus going around. And the day I flew back, actually, my flight got cancelled. So I had to scramble around getting another one, grabbed a flight. And on the day I came home from New York, it was announced that there was the first COVID case in New York from JFK Airport. <laughs> Luckily, not me. <laughs> so yeah, that kind of stopped it all in its track. So, but I definitely want to explore the US in the future. Actually, it's something I've parked for now. It was a great research trip and an understanding of that market. But I just think 
I want to do the UK really well. You know, Willowberry um, has got a wonderful customer base, but there's still so much more we can do. There's still lots of people that don't know about Willowberry. So I'd like to really delve into the UK market first, do that really well, do it well with a retailer like Anthropology, and then go out to the US at a later date. And yeah, something like Anthropology could be a great avenue for that. What do you think your USP is of Willowberry? From a product point of view, we call it nutritious, natural skincare for grown-ups. So we specifically focus on natural ingredients that are really high in nutritional value. So you can get natural oils, but when they're stripped from their plant source, then if it's done with high heat and chemicals, then it can lose a lot of its nutritional value in the process. So we specifically go for natural ingredients that are really high in antioxidants, essential fatty acids, vitamins, and many of our oils that we use are unrefined fine so they've been uh, removed from the plant source without high heat chemicals so it's retaining that maximum nutritious value that's then transferred to your skin like I mentioned earlier it was important to me to have products that work really well and uh, it may be a really simple thing to say but actually and I really do think that's been the backbone to the business in many ways. One, because we have such a high repeat custom rate. So, you know, you can have the best marketing machine in the world behind you, but if people don't love your product, then they're not going to return. Whereas we have customers who have returned 40 plus times and, and are still coming back to us. And also then they're more likely to tell their friends about it and rave about Willowberry. And our review side is really important for us. So we have hundreds of five-star reviews um, on our website. So for people who do discover Willowberry, come and have a look at the website and see what it's all about. They see all these reviews of people's experiences and that is often what then you know leads them to buy. So all of that taps into the starting point of having a product that works really well. Actually, because I think there's so many confusing messages about skincare and about beauty that it's really difficult as a female that's in her now for, you know, mid forties to know what to use for your skin. And, you know, I do find it very confusing just personally. So I'm going straight onto the website after we've had this conversation. And <laughs> well, it's a- funny you say that because I am all about approaching skincare in a simple way. There is People are very, very educated on skincare now, which is great. And there's a whole customer group that people refer to as skin intellectuals. And it's people who really know, you know, their ingredients and they've got these fast routines and, you know, and actually for me, and I, and I'm like it myself, even as an ex beauty journalist, I'm like it myself. I want my skincare to be simple. You know, I, I don't want it to be complex and confusing. It doesn't need to be complicated. You don't need to have a hundred steps. You just need a few products in your routine that work really well. Yeah, I do. I find it, I do find it confusing, but I'm going to go straight onto the website after we <laughs> And how do you think you've personally grown since you've started the business? I feel like I've evolved with Willowberry. So I feel like we've influenced each other. I learn a lot from my business and the people we surround ourselves with uh, for the work that we do with Age Without Apology. And so those conversations that I have over the years and, you know, what my feed in Instagram is surrounded with that conversation of age has really impacted my old age, my, my future self for the better. 
which I just think is is quite incredible. But, you know, for instance, there's an influencer called Sandra Salin. She's in her 80s. She's an American lady and she's absolutely incredible. And I interviewed her for an Instagram live once and her thoughts and opinions on um, how to approach um, older age as a lady in her 80s herself really helped to open my eyes. You know, she'd say things like, you've got to keep up with technology instead of being you know frightened by it and so she's on Instagram and you know she's embracing all this new technology because the world and technology moves on whether you choose to or not so it will make your life easier for it but um yeah things like that have have really impacted how I view age and how I treat myself now to look after my future self. And from a business point of view are there things when you look back now on on what you've achieved are there things that have surprised you? Or you're like, no, yeah, that's the way I expected it to go. Or, you know, in sort of situations like, you know, I think sometimes when you have your own business, you're tested a lot. It, things go wrong, things go right. But there's a lot of, you know, there's quite, there can be quite a lot of challenges. Have you been, how have you handled those challenges? What's your kind of mindset around that? I think I've always just kind of gone on with it. You know, I've never felt like things are going wrong things have been tough you know you have the peaks and troughs in business but those tough times I think it's just about working out how to leap over over those hurdles to keep your business thriving you know for for me I'm like there is absolutely no way I'd let Willowberry get um, dug into the ground (laughs) so if things are tough okay what am I going to do to deal with this and get over it so yeah I do think a positive mindset a huge amount of self-belief determination and tenacity will get you through. And I think tenacity is absolutely key because you've got to keep on going. Because like I say, what's the other, what's the alternative? If you do not keep on, if you do not keep on showing up, if you do not keep on plugging the business, if you do not, you just have to keep going. If that's your baby and that's your brand and, you know, and you have that self-belief, you know, it is, it's just being like a dog with a bone, isn't it? And just keeping on, keeping on. Yeah, absolutely. And I had someone ask me recently, has there ever been a point where you thought it wouldn't work? And I'd never thought about that before. And I had to really think about it. And I thought, no, this, I've never sat and thought, this isn't working. Oh God, you know, this isn't working. It's, it's a case of, like I say, if it's, if there's tough times, then you push through and, and figure out a way over it. But I've never sat and thought, this isn't working because I just don't think, you know, like I say, that comes down to self belief um, and, and determination. And it's that, it's what are the thoughts you're actually willing to entertain? You know what I mean? In your, in your mind, because it's yeah. like, you can't even think that. Yeah. And I see Willowberry as an asset for my future. And I love the life that I get to have by running Willowberry. So, you know, obviously it provides me with my income, but also, you know, I run my own business. I have flexibility of how I work. You know, I work hard, but I still get to do school pickups and drop-offs and, you know, do the juggle of summer holidays and half terms when when all of that comes around. So, you know, I'm grateful for all that Willowberry brings me. So, yeah, I protect it. Absolutely. And where is your focus for 2024? Uh, building that relationship with anthropology is really key for me. And I want to put a lot of kind of effort um, into that side, all of the things that I mentioned earlier. We are also launching a product in 2024, in February 2024. It has been hugely requested by our customers, this one. And it's been a long time in the making. God, I've gone back and forth with it for about three years. It's been ridiculous. But because it was so hugely requested, I thought I have to get this right. I can't disappoint people with a mediocre product. 
or if, if something just didn't feel quite right to me, you know, I, I sit and think, no, I can't just let that go because I've done 20 iterations of this product. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a long time in making that. I'm really excited for that one. And we'll also be developing our Age Without Apology campaign. So we have our National Age Without Apology Month that happens every June. And uh, so we'll be working on um, how we evolve that message for our campaign next year. So yeah, watch this space. Tell us a little bit more about Age Without Apology. So like I say, where it's against the tide of anti-aging, but I don't like to call it pro-age or anything like that. You know, yes, it's about celebrating age, but not everybody wants to celebrate their age. People don't want to necessarily look older, but it's more about realism and let's be realistic about our skin. Let's not sit there and pretend there's a magic wand and actually change your mindset. Look at yourself in the mirror in a different way and realize that it's absolutely fine to look your age and you can still look great. So it's just a lot of work that we do around that of this constant messaging that you can age without apology. You don't have to be an apology of yourself just because, you know, you've hit 40 and and you're getting older, whether in your 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond. Now, if you get to live to old age, if you're lucky enough, um, 50 odd years is a long time to dislike your own face. and what a waste of blooming time. So, you know, it's going against a hugely ingrained message in society that has been there for a very, very long time. And we're not going to change the world overnight, but changing people's mindset one by one, day by day, step by step. And we have people who message us or um, leave a review and say, I absolutely love what this product's done for my skin, but actually Willowberry has also helped me to feel better about myself on the inside and realise that I'm okay to look the way I do. And that to me is immense that that we can change, you know, improve someone's confidence and, and change the way they feel about themselves. And what would you like to stop, start and continue doing in the business? Start exploring digital marketing avenues such as SEO and PPC, which we've barely scratched the surface of at Willowberry. I'm just starting to educate myself on those areas and build upon those opportunities. It's like a whole minefield that is so complex. I'm like, ah, I don't even, I can't even get my head around it. But now I'm, I'm finally making those steps. Continue to build a brand that is meaningful to me and meaningful to my customers and uh, stop. I would ultimately like to stop doing some of the day-to-day tasks in my business. I love working on business planning and developing and implementing long-term business goals to ensure that continued growth for Willowberry. So I'd love to focus on that even more. We have a team in place already. You know, I have a marketing manager and a newsletter manager and a blog writer and uh, that's removed a large amount of work from my shoulders and having my team means that my the ideas that we have for business become reality rather than staying as ideas in my head you know when it's just one of you but in the future I would like to outsource more of the day-to-day tasks but I do think it is important to keep your foot in the day-to-day in some things because you can only really truly understand what's going on uh, with those things when you're at the coal phase and especially because things are evolving so much all of the time. Yeah, no, very true. And where can people find you and find Willowberry? 
So uh, you can find us at willowberry.co.uk online. Um, you can find us in anthropology stores in Regent Street, Kings Road and in Bath. And we are on socials at Willowberry Skin. Very good. Thank you so much, Jenny, for joining me today. I've loved that conversation. I'll be back again next week with another great guest. And if you have enjoyed this week's episode, which I'm sure you have, then feel free to leave a review so that more people can find the Start Scale Succeed podcast. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Start Scale Succeed. If you've enjoyed today, I would love for you to leave a review and I will see you again next week. If you'd like to hear more from me, your host, Nicole Higgins, you can follow me on Instagram at The Buying Retail Coach. Check out my website, www.thebuyingretailcoach.com or find me on LinkedIn. All the links are below in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to my newsletter, The Step, for lots of helpful tips and advice.